Lord Holy Spirit, I pray in this morning. Lord, in this moment, we thank you for the tangible presence of God. Father, I pray this morning once again, Lord, as every arm is lifted to you, Lord, that once again that you'll come into this place. Father, I pray that you'll do your signs, your wonders, and your miracles. I pray, Lord Jesus the Christ, Father, thank you that, Lord, it is just so that you want heaven to still touch down. You want heaven to be on earth as it is. And Father, this morning we hear, Lord, to once again testify, Lord, that absolutely, absolutely everything within the kingdom is within reach. And Father, I pray that a hunger and a thirst will come out of our hearts this morning for more of you, more of your presence, more of your awareness. And Father, I pray, Lord, that every single person here will have an encounter of you. Lord, that every single person here this morning, that they'll be touched, revived, re-energized, Lord. And I pray, Father God, we thank you. We thank you that in all of your ways, you are good and you're just. And Lord, we are the ones you love. We are the ones you adore. We are the ones, Lord, that you say in Songs of Solomon 7 verses 10. Lord, we are your desire. We are your beloved. And Father, because we are the ones you love, you can pour yourself in us. And Father, we thank you. We worship you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen. You welcome Frontline. Why don't you give Jesus Christ a, a round of praise? Mm, amen. You need to pull this morning. We need to get signs and wonders, amen, into the house. So it's um, awesome to be with you guys. I, I don't feel like a visitor. I feel um, like family. So that's a, a good thing. And uh, I, I really feel, you know, just being with you guys, it's, it's being like family. Um, you know, I've got such a deep love for you as a church and for you as a, as a body of Christ. Um, you know, when I, when I see what you guys are doing these days, I, I feel so proud of my heart because I, I, I think to myself, you guys are doing things that, you, that is so on the front line. There's a, it's a good name for a church. And you're just breaking new territory. So... Well, well done. And um, again, I feel like not like a visitor. I feel like a, a family member, a friend that just comes to visit. And, uh, you know, I messed up there in the beginning. I said, welcome in power. But it feels like that. It feels, feels like home. So it's always good to be home. And uh, thank you for receiving me this morning again. And just thank you for hosting us. I want to get... His presence into this place. I know where I am, my friend is. And I know where my friend is, I am. And this morning I would want to speak to you about how to live out of a place of an open heaven. And how to, how to get to a place of hunger and thirst. And I believe that the Lord wants to encourage you this morning. I'm going to trust the Lord that I can prophesy and lay hands. And he's here already. So I want to encourage you. I'm going to start to teach out of Deuteronomy 8 verses 3. And I'm just going to, going to flow. You know me. I, I, I flow. Those of you that know me, I, I like to flow with the word. I believe the word of the Lord is something you live, something you become. And, you know, there's a place where you read it. And then there's a place that you become it. 
So I'm going to encourage you this morning, pull out of your hearts um, the scripture, pull, pull from heaven down. In Deuteronomy 8 verses 3, the Bible says this. It's a funny piece of scripture. It says that, and he humbled you, and he, that's very nice, I need to get that. And he humbled you and suffered you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you knew not, neither did your fathers know. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every, on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. And I want to speak to you quickly on, on the word manna, and then I want to just elaborate for you out of Scripture what it means and what I believe the Lord wants to do for you this morning. The word manna here in the, in the original text means, what is it? It means wonder. It means, what can this be? What, what is this? In actual fact, if the Scripture there says that He humbled you, interesting, He humbled you. He humbled you, causing you to hunger. And if you want to take notes this morning, this is important for you. That hunger is not a sign of something being ill. Hunger is a sign of something being very healthy. In actual fact, physical hunger and spiritual hunger um, works quite differently. Physical hunger works like this. When you don't eat, you get hungry again. Spiritual hunger works on the opposite. When you eat, you want to have more. Now let me say it like this, the, the Spirit of the Lord that you have inside of you, the seal of the Holy Spirit, means God's approval on your life, doesn't mean what you have is the fullness that you can have. It means He tests you if you want more. Because if He gives a down payment, He gives a seal of the Holy Spirit upon your life. The word seal there in your Bible in Ephesians 1.13 Ephesians 4.30, there's so many scriptures, 2 Corinthians 1.22, it means God's approval. It means He studied you, He looked you over, and where He has sent you, it means that He has, he has found you a, a vessel that He approves of. Are we going to get the keys back? Is there, hopefully, on the way? Okay, so I'm just trying to get my gift out here. And it's interesting that the Bible says that whenever you have the down payment of the Holy Spirit upon your life, it means that He always wants to give you more. The, the difference between a test in a wilderness and a temptation is this. A test is there to shape you. A temptation is there to see who you are. A wilderness is not there to break any of us. A wilderness is there to give you power. Whenever you go through a wilderness experience, just make sure you come out of there with power. The Israelites, let me say it like this. The Israelites, they went into a wilderness, but they stayed there for 40 years. Why did they stay there for 40 years? Because the wilderness that was within them was greater than the wilderness that was on the outside of them. You see, you can never let your circumstances determine who you are. Who you are determine your circumstances. As soon as you allow another voice to speak to you, and the voice of Him that resides within you, you become your surroundings. And if you become your surroundings, you have become a thermometer where you should have been a thermostat. You've never been created to tell time. You've been created to make time. You've created to tell the, the, the spiritual climate wherever you go. You carry the atmosphere that is within you. Always needs to be a contradiction to the atmosphere that's on the outside of you. 
who I am is not what I see. Who I am is who He says I am. Every time we speak in the scripture, the Bible says this, God says come up here. He never says come down there. Why? Because as soon as you come up here, you get a new perspective. As soon as you come up here, you get new vision. As soon as you come up here, you can see further. If you can see further, you can live longer. The number one thing that Satan wants to rob you from is sight. Because he knows that without sight, you can't have faith. Now listen, faith operates with no sight. Now Hebrews 11 says this, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And if you can live out of a place of faith, of what you don't see, Satan can't touch that because nothing of the devil is in the future. Everything of Satan is in the now and in the past. He doesn't have the future. How do I know he doesn't have the future? Because when Moses came onto the scene, he knew there was a deliverer, but he knew not where the deliverer was. So he killed all the babies. Then Jesus comes onto the scene. He knew, he knows there's a prophetic timeline coming, but he doesn't know where the deliverer is at. He only knows when God speaks. As soon as the heavens go open and the identity comes out, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The next guy on the scene is the devil. Why? Satan will always try to bring another voice as soon as God has told you who you are. You see, the, in, the garden of, of Getsem, or in the garden of Eden, the Bible says this, God comes and he walks to, to Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve has fallen by now. They've listened to another voice. And scripture says this, God asks Adam and Eve, He says, whose voice did you listen to? In other words, whose voice introduced you to another kingdom? What other voice have you leaned your ear to? Now does your Bible not say faith comes by? Hearing. Hearing comes by the word of the Lord. Why is hearing and listening so important for you? Because whatever you hear, you can put your heart to. And when you have put your heart to what you hear, you have transformed your likeness. You've been made in God's image and in His likeness. Now nobody can rob your image because you're already in His image. You can do nothing about it. But somebody can rob you of your likeness. Your image is who you are. Your likeness is your ability. So Satan knows he cannot rob you of your image. You will go to be with God one day. But what he can do is can rob you of your likeness. And for him to rob you of your likeness, he just needs to introduce you to another voice that you'll put your ear to. That's all he needs to do. He does not have victory and he knows it. Listen, Satan is a believer. Let me say it like this. The Bible says the demons believe and tremble. Satan is such a... Why, why will the enemy be, hate you so much if he doesn't know that his time is running out? The Bible says all of creation groaneth with anticipation for the revelation of the sons of God. That means as you walk in the streets, all of creation recognizes the spirit of Christ inside of you. And all of creation starts to ask the question, are these the sons that will cast off the restraints? Are these the sons that will walk in power? Are these the sons that will not have the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind? They ask the question, because creation itself remembers, oh my Lord, creation itself remembers the day that it walked with the, the Almighty, that it walked with the Creator God. And then from that time, creation was put under bondage, the word sin. 
The word sin there is the Greek word hamach. It means to, to lose the mark or to miss the mark or to miss the design. And when Jesus came onto the planet, you need to know he was a man God and a God man. What does that mean? It means that he had the full ability. He had the full ability to call down heaven any time that he wanted to. But the call never came. He never, he ne- but he, he lived as a man in obedience. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 5, he learned obedience by what he suffered, folks. He learned obedience by, you see, and in that scripture, the Bible says that God said he humbled his people. He humbled them. Why? Humility always equals dependency. If you are humble, you are dependent. If we are prideful, we think we're not dependent. And God will always take away a supply to humble. And when He humbles you, He will give you again a supply to see if you can live between the place of abundance and, and hunger. Why am I saying what I'm saying? Because the Bible here says, it says, He humbled you and He fed you with manna. Now the word manna there again is the Greek word, what is it? Hebrew word, what is it? It's an interesting scripture because that's kind of a rebuke in your Bible. Because the Bible says that He humbled you. Jesus, Jesus is rebuking them. He says he, he humbled you. He gave you manna. Manna was angel's food, by the way. In Psalm 78. Please don't go there immediately. We'll go there just now. In Psalm 78, the Bible says He fed His people by manna. Manna was the, was the sustenance of angels. Why don't you go there just for, I hear some people think I'm unscriptural here. Just go to Psalm 78 for me. It's it. Um, Psalm 78, I think it's verse. You guys have it. Um, I can give you the scripture now. Psalm 78, 23. Psalm 78, 23, 25. If you can get it, otherwise I'll just go in my notes. Okay, there we are. Though he commanded the clouds from above and opened up the doors of heaven. The doors of heaven. I'm going to show you now on that. Verse 24. Though he commanded the clouds from above and opened up the doors of heaven. And he rained down manna on them to eat. And he gave them the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels food. And he sent them meat to the full. Now there is, oh that scripture is loaded. I can speak on just one of, I need to. I need to take myself away from that. He commanded the clouds from above. The word clouds is the word presence. Anyway, clouds from above. And he opened up the doors of heaven and he rained down manna on them to eat. And he, and he, and he given them the corn of him. Man did eat angels food. Now listen, he, when you study the word manna there and you do make the calculations, he put down on the earth every day, he put down 4,500 tons of manna. He put down enough manna on the ground every day. You can go and study what I'm saying. He put enough manna on the ground to feed 3 million people that the Israelites were worth. There were 3 million people in the wilderness. He put down enough manna that would fit a whole crowd of 3 million people for 2,000 years. Now why will a God put so much extra on the planet? And the Bible says that every time they wanted to go and get more for themselves, it would rot. It will become, become full of worms. Why, why did God do this? Because He wanted them to learn from a place that he'll do, the, he'll do the supply if they do the obedience. Because He was prepping His people for His Son to come. The Bible calls the Son of God the bread of life. 
they call the son of God Jesus calls himself the, the meat <laughs> come on guys are you with me 1 Corinthians 11 speaks on that it says I've come I've, I give you my flesh to eat I give you my blood to drink that's a picture of that's the gospel for you right there and so what you have to understand God will always put you in between the places so whenever you go through a wilderness it is never for your destruction and I sense in my spirit there's people here you are in wildernesses and God wants to get you out there but he doesn't want you to leave your wilderness because most people will pray for deliverance from a place of being being held back but I think we need to rather pray from a perspective of understanding that the wilderness is not there to, to break me the wilderness is there to define who I am you see what we do we allow the outside voices to come into the boat where we should allow the outside voice to stay outside of the boat it is interesting when, whenever Jesus was in a storm he slept quite a contradiction the man never was awake they needed to wake him up the Bible says in Mark chapter number 5 when he sleeps in the bowel of the boat when he sleeps in the bowel of the boat scripture says this that they needed to go and wake him up they and they say to him this question an interesting question for a man that came to save the world they ask him this question care you not that we perish interesting question for the man that came to save everything care you not that we perish and Jesus wakes up the word wake up there is the Greek word resurrection it means he slept he doesn't sleep like a baby because babies don't sleep but he slept like an old person and so they wake him up they say master do you care not that we drown and it's interesting Jesus does not you know the scripture I think I've told it here before Jesus does not address the, the waves he addresses the wind because you don't have a wave problem and most of the time what most Christians do wrong they talk to waves no you don't talk to waves you speak to the wind because Jesus rebuked the wind now listen, let me combine that with scripture for you. In, Nic in, the, in John chapter number 3, Jesus gets Nicodemus saved. He says, he says Nicodemus, if you want to get born again, you need to be born from water. That means from a woman, born from water and born from the Spirit. And then he, then he says this, Nicodemus, a bit later on in that scripture, if you do not even understand natural things, how will you understand spiritual matters? What he was saying is this, I'm drawing a, a parallel for you. Natural birth versus being spiritually birthed. He said, so now I'm drawing a parallel and you don't even understand a parallel. How will you understand if, I'm stalked, if I start to speak to you about heavenly things that have no earthly parallels? He said, there's a kingdom that you belong to that has no earthly parallel to. most Christians this is the problem most Christians live from earth up you should live from heaven down because father 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 has a supply for you that is not from the earth and if you can live with a heavenly perspective if you can live from from a divine view from from the seat of Christ because the Bible says you are seated with Christ in heavenly places so that means you need to think tridimensionally what does tridimensionally mean? It means my position is the heaven. My, my location is 
is the earth but if I think like the sun in heaven if I think as he is so am I in this world if I think like him if I have the mind of Christ and I think like that it makes me think tridimensionally immediately because it means I'm yes I'm, I'm standing here but I'm seated there I have the mind of Christ here but he has his mind there and the Bible makes it clear if the head is above the water so should be the bride The bride cannot go under if the bridegroom's head is above the water. Oh, come on. Wherever I go, I see Christians being afraid. Why are we afraid? Their head is above the water. We have got nothing to be afraid of. Everybody's afraid of Him, brother. I can tell you out of personal experience that God has got so much power, He's got so much authority that there's not going to be a thing that people will want to bow the knee. No, 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 no. They will have to bow the knee. So, are you there, frontline? So, then the scripture says this, that God says, listen, my, my desire has always been to feed you with, with a supply that nobody knows about, an open heaven supply, a supply that, that a, 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 a source that nobody knows about. And that's, that's what God specializes in. God specializes to walk in and He, and he specializes and to, to give provision. But the, 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 the crux of the matter is, is most of us never go to a place of humility. And it's only by humility that we start to cry out. But when we go to a place of humility, and that's a mistake I've seen of many of us, is we, we cry out of a place of lack where we should have cried out for Him. Because when you get Him, you get everything. He brings with Him the kingdom. Come on, are you, are you there? Now, hear the scripture in Revelation 2 verses 17. The Bible says, To Him that overcome, to Him I will give to eat the hidden manna. And then a bit later on in that scripture, the Bible says, and I will give him a white stone. Now I'm going to get you excited here this morning. So the Bible says that to him that overcome, I will give them. Thank you. I have the full one there. To he, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcomes, I will give to eat the hidden manna. I will give him a white stone. And in the stone, a new name written. I want to just quickly speak. I'm going to tie all of this for you together. The Bible they said, To he that overcomes, I will give to eat hidden manna. He that overcomes. The word overcome there is a direct translation again back to 2 Timothy 1.7. Where God says again and again, do not fear. I have not given you a spirit of fear. The word fear is a Greek word delia and it means to cower away. It means to shy away. Now whenever you cower away, you have allowed a spirit to come upon you. Because whenever the Holy Spirit, here's the sign for the people that are controlled by God. They are free. Anything that is controlled is not from God. Because whenever God comes onto the scene, He gives freedom. How do I know? Because He could have made all of us slaves, but He did not. That's ultimate power. Because He gives, why does He give you free, free will? Because He wants worship. And true worship is never forced. It is interesting that your, our circumstances want to give us forced 
worry, which is called worship in the wrong direction. So the God of this age has also his system. And what he's doing, he's buying souls. In the, that is what he's doing. God wants souls. Satan wants it too. He knows it about souls. So what does he do? He takes the soul of a man and he puts worry into that soul. Because worry is the, your, your soul, is your mind, your will and your emotions. So now you become worried. If you have become worried, you start to worship. But you put your worship in the wrong direction. Now whatever you worship, you become like. So we pray one thing, but we worship another. And whatever we worship cannot be answered. So if you want to get free from worry, start to worship right. <laughs> oh, come on. This is, this is 101 Christianity. To him that overcomes, I will give him hidden manna, hidden supply. Please see, overcome. And I will give him a white stone. Very interesting. I will give him a white stone. The word white stone there means it's a, I'll, I'll just give it to you quickly. Because I really want to encourage you this morning. You guys are doing so well. I want to encourage you. That how much he believes in you. How much the Lord believes in your victory. Or he has established it already actually. The word white stone there means that in, in, in New Testament times. Judges will sit. And when a case would be presented before them, they'll take a white stone and a black stone and they'll throw it into a cauldron. And as the case gets presented, they'll hear the case. And then as they have finished hearing the case, they will throw, throw the cauldron out. And then they'll count all the white stones and the black stones. And if there was more white than black stones, it means innocence and it means paid for. So Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a white stone. What does it mean? He says, I'm giving you a proof that you're innocent. And I'm giving you a sign that you're bought. But he, he says something. And you have to understand that church. You have to understand that that's the spirit of this age. The spirit of this age is telling us to be afraid. Why? Because it wants to take you away from your secret supply. But, but this is the thing that you have to know and understand this morning. That God wants to bring you to a place of manna. He wants to bring you to a place of, of, of secret overflow. Why? Because He Himself wants you. He doesn't want to share you. He's very jealous when it comes to us. He's jealous. He's a jealous God. The world has, has twisted the things. Jealousy we think is a wicked thing. No, no, no. Jealousy is a godly thing. Because it comes from God. So God is jealous about your life. If we, if we look at fear, we think fear is a bad thing. No, fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Fear is a good thing. If it's an end of the right God. Are you with me? So again, the Bible says that. And I, I asked the Lord this, Lord, why would you put so much, why would you put so much manna on the ground? If this is a ridiculous amount, 4,500 tons, your people won't even eat uh, one tenth of it a day he said because I wanted them to know as long as they have my, me they have everything they need you see but the problem was this the wilderness inside of them could never come out out and conquer the wilderness around them and how do we know that because God when God sent them a deliverer it's interesting that God sent them a 
man that grew up in a palace. He grew up as a prince. And he was sent to slaves. To tell slaves that they are princes. It's interesting that the son of God came as a prince. And he took on the body as a slave. To tell you again that you are princes again. Now why are, we, why are so many of us living like slaves if He calls us princes? You have to know that about your God. He took on, he took on humanity. He, took, he left His divinity. He could have come by force. The Bible says He could have called. Jesus says, when, when Peter cuts off Malchus's ear, Peter said, Jesus says, put your sword away. Do you not know I can call on 12 legions of angels and they will come immediately. One legion was 6,000 angels. One angel had the ability to kill 185,000 people. We did the calculation. If, if those angels would have come, if 12 legions would have come, Jesus would have killed and he would have annihilated the planet more than 12 times over. But the command never came. Now friends, don't you think that the command didn't want to come? Jesus himself said, Father, if this cup can pass me by, let it pass me by. Let me, let me reword that. We, we think this is a beautiful picture of Christ in Gethsemane. It's absolutely not. The Bible says he was in agony. The word agonizo means he was in pain. And it wasn't a beautiful picture of Jesus standing there with a halo over his head. It was a man stretched out. The Bible says, and being in Luke 22, the scripture says this. He said, Father, let this cup pass me by. Heaven stays silent on him. And you must remember, up to that point, everything he heard and saw was from the Father. He said, I do nothing and I say nothing unless I hear the Father speak and unless I see the Father do. Oh, come on. So he says, Father, I, uh, if, if this cup can pass me by, let your will be done. Not, not my Lord, if this can, take the cup away. And heaven stays silent. That's where your Bible says, and he prays more earnestly. Why? He still wants to let the cup pass. He knows what's waiting for him. Oh, He's praying with more earnestly now. And that's the Greek word, Agonizo. It means he lies on his face. He's sweating, his drops of blood is coming, hemitidrosis. He is he's in, he's perplexed because his father is silent. So now he, he's, he's starting to plead with God to take the cup. You need to know, Jesus didn't just go to the cross because it was easy for him. No, 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 no. He, he suffered to go. But then the Bible said he prayed more earnestly. Hematidrosis, and the Bible then says, God send him an angel. You see, there's a place where people fail you. The only time recorded in your scripture, I want to just, I want to demonstrate to you how important this is. There's a place where, where you will go in your life that people will not be able to sustain. It's the place where, where you live under his supply. And the scripture says that he prayed more earnestly now. His friends can't help you. It's actually in the, your Bible. It's the first time he goes. I always say your Bible. Our Bible. It's our Bible. So he, it's the first time in our Bible that he says he wants help. Nowhere in the scripture does he ask for help. Only time he asks for help. 
is when he was at this at the at the olive press. And the word Gethsemane, by the way, means olive press. So then the scripture says this: that as he was in as he was in agony, as he was in agony, God sends him an angel to strengthen him. The word strengthen there is a Greek word echas, and it means to put power into. It means to put dynamite inside. So when all man failed, God showed up. See, there's a place where man will take you. And there's a place where God wants you to be. Where you'll not trust in the arm of man. But you'll trust in the Lord your God. And that's the place, that the, that's the open heaven place. That's the place where the secret manna comes. Because God waits until you have made up your mind that He's going to be your supply. And then the scripture says the Father speaks because the Father should have spoken. Because the next action we see Jesus do is he's, no, not, he's not weak and He's not afraid anymore. He pushes Himself up from the ground and He says to Peter and James and John, He says, my betrayer is at hand, get up. Suddenly a different man. Why? The voice was again there. His Father spoke again. And then we see Him going to the cross and being very victorious. From Listen, it's interesting in your Bible. From that moment to the cross, He stays silent. He says nothing. The Bible says the Lamb went to the slaughter silently. Come on, Easter is coming to you. Silently, He keeps His mouth shut. Why? The Father is, is looking at Him. He's saying nothing. He's watching Him. And the Scripture says the whole time, He goes now through the scourging. He goes through all of these things. And you need to know what, what is happening here. The Father is pouring everything upon the Son. Everything. He puts everything upon the Son. And then the scripture says this, that as He hangs on the cross, He's gone through the scourging. He's gone through all of that. He wants no, nothing to dull His pain. He goes through all of these things. And now scripture says the following, that He comes to a place where, and, and nowhere we, we, we know that there's been no dialogue because Jesus is saying nothing. Why? He lives on the bread that nobody knows about. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that was proceeding out of the mouth of, the God, out of God. What, why was Jesus silent during that time? Because He was living of the word of the prophets already spoken. He was the word. So he was getting sustenance from a different realm. Come on church. And so he hanged until he had the full load on him. And he needed to wait until the full price tag came upon him. And then only, then only, Scripture says that the Father spoke. And then he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then the Lord said, the Father said, Son, it's done. The full plan is accomplished. You see, most of us, we, we, and that's why I'm here again this morning to encourage you. You have to live the life of understanding that the heavens has been rented. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 65 verses 1, I think, it's, or 61, 5, one of the two. It says, rent the heavens. The Lord has rented the heavens. If, if, the, if the sun came down out of the open heavens, that means the heavens are still open. 
Scripture does not record that it went shut again. Oh, come on Christians. What we're doing, we are looking around us and we are allowing so many other voices to come into our hearts. And may I say this to you this morning. The easiest way to identify His voice, just stop listening to the others. It's, it's easy. Just cut it off. How do you cut it off? You start living from that well and you start living from, from His Word. That's the place that we should live from. Are, are, you, are you there? Are, are you with me? So God, God makes, and, and this is the thing about God. God will, God's design was to, and by the way, can I just throw this at you? The Israelites should have, it should have not even taken them 40 days to get to the promised land. It was a three and a half day journey. They could have reached it in three days. Three and a half days, they could have fulfilled the promise. How long was Jesus on the planet from the moment he started to the moment he finished? Three and a half years was his ministry. What does it mean? It means a life of obedience. You can do it. You can live a full life quickly. You don't need to waste time. So many of the body of Christ is wasting time asking questions about their destiny and about their identity that they already paid for. We're still living towards the cross. You should live beyond the cross. The cross is not where, where I, have, I live my life. The cross is where I've started my life. But I don't huddle around the cross. No, I live from the cross. The cross is the beginning place, but it's not the end place. Why? Jesus is not at the cross anymore. Where is He? He has gone through the grave. The heavens are open. The grave is open. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So I need to go the same path. But I find so many Christians that are huddling around the cross. No, He's not there anymore. He's already seated victoriously. So what does it mean? It means you don't need to go to the cross. You can go to the throne. Ah, oh. oh, this is so good. I'm enjoying my own sermon here. But you have to be able to go directly there. That's why the Bible says, come to my throne boldly in your time of need. Why can you go to the throne? Because you don't need to the cross. He went to the cross. Oh, come on church. You see, what, what God wants from you this morning, He wants a hunger again to come out of us. Listen, the, when the lady came in with the oil, of, the oil to break upon Jesus, that lady wasn't just there to, to make a quick transaction. She was there to break herself on everything He has. She broke everything she had on Him. She took a, that wasn't a half chance. That was a full life being broken on, a, on one chance. Believing that Jesus can do this. And, and scripture says, oh, it, it's so powerful that scripture. I can, I can, oh, I can stand on that scripture. It means when, when she broke that full alabaster jar upon, upon Jesus, she anointed him with so much oil that the amount of oil indicated to us that it, it, it's not just a normal uh, anointing that was happening here. It was something kingly was taking place. And it's interesting if you study your scripture that the Bible recalls for us that Hebraic kings or Hebrew kings were always anointed in secret. And kings were never, oh, kings were never recognized in the New Testament times. 
Hebrew kings were not recognized by all the stuff on the outside. They were recognized by smell. Now, yeah, now listen. Scripture says that when she broke that oil upon him, if you look at what type of oil it was, it was cassia and different types of, of smell. And people would know royalties around by smell. So in New Testament times when you live, and people would walk past you, or a person walk past you, and they smell a certain way. Scripture says, we know that the people then said, according to New Testament customs, that they said, this person must be royalty. Because they smell like the king. So when Jesus came into Jerusalem and the people put the palms down for him, they were fulfilling, they were fulfilling a biblical prophecy. Why? They were smelling the king. They knew royalty was in the midst. And now they saw the same way that Solomon came riding into the temple or riding into Jerusalem. Jesus came riding on the donkey. And so by smell and by sight, they they put the two together. They said, this must be the Messiah. Now does the scripture not say, to one we are the aroma of life. To the other the aroma of death. You should be so much full of the king that the world can smell that when they are close to you, they can smell him everything about your life needs to lead people to him (laughs) let me say it like this the bible says and these signs shall follow them that believe please note signs follow we don't follow signs signs follow you why because signs point to someone are you there okay now, if it doesn't point to someone, and let me get back to, to Deuteronomy 8 verses 3. God was giving these people manna. He was giving them angels food. He was literally opening up the doors of heaven. And, and the only other time, there's three times in your Bible that I know about. I may, I'm, not, I'm still learning, by the way. The Bible more and more. Every time I open it, there's more stuff. But one of the times that he... That he the other time that he opened up the heavens was when he we flooded the planet in Noah's day the Bible says he opened up the heavens and water came out okay am I, am I stretching it too much this morning then the Bible says this that when you give he will open up a window for you that means there's another world that you can activate that you belong to and that you should live from And everything that you've been given in this lifetime is to test you if you know who you are and where you're going to. Because you're only going to be here for 120 if you're happy. If you're lucky. Very lucky. It's true. Listen, the way I teach my children, I don't teach my kids to live here. I, I, I educate them for eternity. Why? Scripture says you have eternity dwelling inside of you. So everything I face in this lifetime, I'll be crushed and perplexed if it was just for this lifetime. But it's not for this lifetime. This lifetime is a, is a dress rehearsal for what is to come. And if you can put your heart and your ear and on that, that, that source, oh, everything will change. Everything will move in your life. Because suddenly you know he can, he can feed you by secret sustenance. 
by a place that and the only thing he wants from you he wants your worship and he wants you to do that out of a place of dependency why a place of dependency because kids are always dependent oh come on how does kids live like I'll, I'll, I don't know how much time I've preached how does kids live like you know the other day my, I was at where I was preaching at Empower and we went for like three hours and the guys were sitting and I didn't notice the time because the people sit and so eventually I saw some one or two guys you know being tired I was like Eish. so anyway I'll, I'll, you have to say to me if I go too far is that okay are you learning something Listen, I'm here to strengthen you today. I'm here to tell you that God's for you. It's not against you. I'm here to tell you that frontline, if you keep doing what you are doing, the destiny that's ahead of you is so, so big. So big. But everything you're doing now, you're in boot camp. It's training time. Because there will come a time that people will flood to this house from all directions. And then it's not time to get training anymore. You have to be trained already. So, what I want to encourage you with this morning is simply this, is that you can live from a dimension that other people doesn't understand it because it's His supply to you. It's a, and, and, and again, I, I asked the Lord, Lord, why, why would you put so much manna on the earth? Why, why, what is the reason for it? He said, because son, I, I wanted them to know that if they have me, they have all that they want and all that they will ever need. And it's interesting that they could never, they, the Israelites could never understand that. And it's, it's amazing for me about people. This is the interesting thing about people. You can put people in the perfect circumstance and yet if the slave within don't understand the surroundings or the slave within them, you can put them in the perfect surrounding. If they don't have listened to the right voice, they will still jeopardize, they will mess it up. Adam and Eve, perfect situation. They're literally walking with God. Garden of Eden. They, and by the way, they, when they name, let me just say this, when they name the animals in that Garden of Eden, it's interesting that God, that Adam and Eve, every time He names them, He names them according to their destiny. He doesn't call them Fifi and Trigger. He names the animals according to their destiny. Are you there? <laughs> yeah. So, the point is this. When God names you, it's interesting. Whenever you wrestle with God, oh, I mustn't even get into that. Whenever you wrestle with God, He will always rename you. Why? He always links your match with Him to your destiny. Jacob becomes Israel. Let me say it like this. Let me put the two together and then I'll pray for you. The word wrestle. Jacob wrestled with the angel. Now you need to know you have it bad even when the angels don't like you. The angel wrestles with Jacob. You know the story. The next morning, Jacob gets up and the angel is tired. The angel is like, I'm Arya. And Jacob says, listen, if you don't, if you don't, if you, don't get, if you don't do something for me, I will not let you go. In other words, he's hanging on. That's a hungry person. And the angel goes and poop on the hip. 
and his hip goes out of socket. And then the Bible says, the angel of the Lord says to Jacob, no longer are your name Swindler, Jacob, but I call you Israel, a prince. Now, let me just throw this out just to tease you a little bit here. It's interesting that the angel never gave his name to Jacob. Why? Because someday you'll judge angels. And if and I'm from Pretoria, I know if you touch my soul, I'll I'll judge you twice. <laughs> so anyway, the word wrestle here is interesting. When he wrestles with you, he names you, right? So whenever God meets with you, that that encounter is meant to change you into your destiny. So when God wrestles with you, he will wrestle with you to change to alter your destiny. When Satan wrestles of you, Ephesians 6, he wrestles of you to rename your identity. For your wrestle is not against flesh and blood. That's a two, oh, I can preach this on that. That's two different wrestling matches. One is to tell you who you are. And one is to also tell you who you're not. But God, when you encounter God, He'll always change your name. Why? Because He introduces you to you. And what we need to do this morning, I'm going to lay hands on you because many of you need to be encouraged, is that you just need to believe what He has said is true. Just stop believing in all the other voices. Believe what He has said over your life is to be true. The Bible says this, and I'll, I'll close with this. Scripture says, he, um, I don't want to go there, but I, the Lord now leads me there. It's in Genesis 48. The Scripture says this, Jacob stands, the wrestler, now Israel. Joseph brings his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Manasseh is the firstborn. He presents Manasseh on the right hand to Jacob. He puts Ephraim on the left. Jacob pronounces the blessing and as he blesses, he crosses his arms. And he puts his right hand on Ephraim. And he puts his left hand on Manasseh. And Joseph, the dreamer, becomes upset. He wants to correct the hands. And Jacob says, no son, no, is right. And that scripture messes me up because in 1 Corinthians 5 21 it says this that he who knew no sin became sin so that you don't need to live in sin he that knew no sin no evil he took everything so that you can live a free life now why or oh why are so many Christians not living freely, whole, in joy, and in peace? Can I tell you why? We have forgotten who we are because we have listened to somebody else. And I'm here as a prophet to tell to you, listen to the Lord your God because He will introduce you to one word. He will introduce you to one voice. And that's the voice of the Beloved. He tells you you are loved. He tells you you're more than enough. He tells you that nothing will ever be in your life that will not work out for your good. 
He tells you that He has the, the seven seas and the seven star. He holds all the things within His hands. That's how big He is. In actual fact, in Isaiah 50, 45, He actually says this. He says, I hold the heavens, I hold, I hold the stars, I hold everything in my hand. And then He kind of he says this. He, he says, this, so why are you worrying? And that's His challenge to man. He says, I hold all the stuff. Why are you worrying? I want to explain to you something about the Godhead, just in my closure. The Son has paid for the, the sons of man, you and I. And the Son of Man is currently praying for you and I. Why is He praying? Because there's a witness inside of you. His name is the Holy Spirit. What is the Father busy doing? The Father's already done the full completion. It's done. The plan is finished. It's busy rolling out. So everything is finished. It's not like Satan has got to come back here. So the Son is watching the sons of man. The Spirit is working in. And the Bible says there just needs to be two witnesses. So what is the father's do, Father doing? The Father is so massive that, and the Godhead is so big, the Father is still busy with creation. That's why man cannot find the expanse of the universe. Because Father is still creating. Because His original creation, which He made for us, and then us that He put on this creation, He already saved that whole thing. And so He has moved on. Oh, I'm... I'm He has moved on and He's still creating. You see, man think we are the middle point of the universe. No, the whole redemptive plan is already finished for you and me. You just need to live it out. And He's praying for you to live it out. So Christians say, I'm alone. No, no, you can never be alone. You've got two with you all the time. You've got the third one with you. The Abba, Abba, Abba is so beautiful. He's so, he's so wonderful. And what I pray for this morning is what will happen here is, um, is that that I can stir hunger inside of you to go and break that alabaster jar again and say, I can't hold back. You know, I can just be real with you. Currently, my, I, I, I'm living a program that I, I think is, is a bit crazy. My wife the other day, she says, why don't you slow down? I said, because we're running out of time. We need to tell the people we need to get as many saved as what we can. Time is running out. I'm teaching my team. I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I'm stretching them. They, they are stretched on all levels. Why? I'm teaching them to take more capacity. Because I know that the release is coming upon us. The harvest is ready. And let me say it like this. I'll, I'll really close now with this. The word harvest there. Jesus says this. The people come in John 4. They come walking. And Jesus says this. He says, look at the look." Look up, look at the harvest. And many of us have used that scripture as a beautiful evangelistic tool. But listen, what he's actually saying is this. He says, disciples, if you, if you look to yourselves, you will always want to get ready for the harvest. But if you look up to me and then look down, everything is ready to be harvested. You see, church, what you and I just need to decide upon today is this. Do we want to, sorry, my voice is going through puberty there. Do, do, we, 
do we want to do we want to live from the the secret manner do we want to live from the supply do we want to live from this place where only God strengthens because I'm telling you you're living in a world where there's so many other voices so many other voices wanting telling you to be afraid no don't be don't don't be afraid because the worst that can happen is death and this side of life it's the worst that can happen nobody can snatch eternity they don't have that power so why are we afraid <laughs> you see they can you can you only afraid when there's something still living inside of you but a dead man can't be afraid he's dead you've just been through the waters of baptism last week that means you're dead dead man walking dead men can't be offended they can't get angered they can't get raged no they, they're dead somebody else is living and this is Jesus for you Jesus shows up Jesus always shows up. I can't tell you how many times we've lived lives where we've seen people come and people go and then we say but Abba you you called us Lord we feel alone we feel desperate we feel afraid and then still his secret manner comes to us friends I want to encourage you this morning for you that are here that are listening there's many of you that sit here you're in wildernesses and God is saying to you step out of that place today please for the love of God just step out of that it's not it's not a God design that it's he wants to get you out there to get you full of power because you and I we can affect change with power I walked the other day let me give you a testimony I walked past a man that I told my church this we I'm, I'm challenging my guys to have fresh testimonies all the time not yesterday's but, but this is a yesterday's one or older one a bit but it's apparent for you I I want to show you just so I walked past this man and he was like a big guy he was a Nigerian guy he was like massive and I walked past him and God says to me tell him he, he I'll give him a new business I said Lord this I said okay I'll, I'll, I'm not even gonna reason so I go to him I said listen so you know me from nowhere I said but I feel the Lord says to you I have his attention and he's sitting with his girlfriend I said listen God says to you he, he's gonna give you a new business and you can start it afresh because that's what you need the guy looks at me weird it's like yeah yeah man thank you I said can I pray for you I said yeah please pray and so I pray for him and I pray but it's hard the guy does nothing he's nothing he doesn't even respond just sits like that weird so I stand up I leave I think to myself dear God I missed him I think I'm like I was just afraid that somebody's going to stab me I'm teasing I just put that in for you that I wasn't afraid of that but anyway so I walk and I go and I testify to and from there God sends me to these bikers I'm like Jesus please choose easier people <laughs> you must understand when you talk to bikers that I have a little bit of drinking that's not that easy 
So I talked to this group of this bikers. God says to me, He shows me the, the biker. Uh, I see a, a girl. I say, I said, there's something wrong in your marriage. The guy looks at me. I say, and there's a girl that you, that's your girlfriend that your wife don't know about. She's sick and God wants to help her too. And so the guy, he takes his helmet off like that. I think, here it comes. And he puts his helmet down and he listens to me. I could minister to them. I helped them and got them to Jesus. But the story back to the Nigerian guy. About 10 minutes later, he comes running to me. He says, how do you know this? I said, well, God told me. I said, but how do you know? I said, well, he told me. He said, listen, you know me from nowhere. But then he said this. He said, we do business that I, I can't tell you about. He says, we, and he says, well, he actually told me a little bit. They do business, they hurt people for money. He said, but I beg God. He said, I said to God, if there is a God, let me do business righteously. I have, in my, in my pocket, I have, I have money. And I needed that. And God said to me, take that and sow it to the man. And I took the money out, I gave it into his hand. And he they took it kind of weird, like... I thought, well, you see, you took that money fast. But <laughs> I said to him, I said, may this be the first seeds of righteousness in you. My point is this. is that, folks, you can live from a secret place. We don't need to be afraid. Why? Because the Father supplies. He can give you all that you need and all that you'll ever want. Just make Him your heart's desire. King David says this. He says, King David has everything. He's got all the money. He's got palaces. He's got so many women. He doesn't know what to do with. The Bible says that, and He says, God, I cry out for you. I hunger. I thirst for you. He has everything. Yet He wants God. My cry for you this morning would be, and I'm done, is that as I pray for you this morning, that you would say that my number one goal in life is God. I seek Him first, not second, because everything in your Bible is second to Jesus. But if you seek Him first, you can get to a kingdom place where the kingdom will start to feed you out of a source and you'll be full of strength and full of energy and full of power and it will and nobody will know where that comes from but it's a secret supply why you have put your heart upon him come on are, are you with me you put your heart upon him and when you put your heart upon him he puts his affections upon you and then suddenly your heart beats for what his heart beats for and when your heart beats for what he beats for, he'll give you whatever you want. Why? It is not about you, but he can start to trust you. Why? You are dreaming the same dream. God is not dreaming for more stuff. He's got enough. He's dreaming for souls. And when you start to dream like that, I promise you, there'll be no lack. There'll be no lack. You'll have too much. You won't know what to do with it. Oh. 
I remember a day, I'll, I'll tell you one more testimony, then, I'll, then I'm going to pray. I was sitting on my bed like this many years ago. I was in a very, very bad state. We were in a very bad place. I was calling out to God. I said, God, help me, please. I said, I know at that stage, friends were few. And I was, I remember I was praying like this. And suddenly an angel of the Lord stood next to my bed. And he said to me, he said, I've been called, I've been sent by God to strengthen you. He gave me a fruit. It was like a soccer ball type of thing. He broke it and he gave me, he said, eat. And I ate of it and I, I don't know how it tastes. It tasted like honey, but also not really. And then he took this, this, this fruit and he squished it in his hands and he rubbed it in on my, on my body. And suddenly strength has just started to fill me. From that time, I've had many encounters like that. Where the Lord, when you reach a place where you feel alone and you feel desperate, suddenly He shows up. And that's why I'm here this morning to tell you, to put my faith with you and say, hey, He says, the wilderness seasons are done. He says, the heaven has never closed. He says, it's time for you to live in a place of full provision full promise full supply but knowing that you are kids and children of Him and when we, when we start to act like children we don't care why? because somebody else has already done that are, are you there? this is how you know when you've changed positions as soon as you've taken on care and worry and concerns you don't act like a child anymore the kingdom is then without your reach but when you stop worrying and you stop caring for the things of the world and you become like a child kingdom within reach Jesus said and the kingdom will be given to children not because he likes infants running around but he likes dependency he likes dependency that hungers for him oh come on so I want to pray for you this morning if you're in a place and you say Pastor Gibber I, I, it feels like I'm bot- bottoming out here I want to say, say to you I wanna, if I lay hands on you this morning I'm going to energize you again we're going to pass virtue into your body the Bible says he gave therapy of virtue, strength I want to give you strength this morning because it's not my supply, it's His supply. And that you can, you can shake it off and say, hey, no, 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 I'm not yet done here. There's much greater things coming. The Bible says greater works is coming. The Bible says we're going to see stuff that we've never seen. Hey, church, listen to me. Greater stuff is coming. You are the light. That means somebody is going to start to follow. (laughs) Lights are meant to follow. Lights are not meant to shine. You are the light of the world. Why the light? Because something is going to follow you. Are you with me? So I want to encourage you this morning that if you're in that place, and then I'll I'll prophesy. If you, you, and we'll go as He leads. I really believe the Lord this morning for for bodies to get healed. I want to trust God. I brought Pastor Willie with me. He flows in the gift of healing. I, I knew 
this morning we're gonna we're gonna pray for healings to get people well get people healed saved delivered set free by the way when jesus heals you he makes you whole he's not interested in just a one-dimensional healing he wants to heal the whole person so if you're in that place this morning frontline any of you and you say i'm pastor Gibber, i'm in that place i i need divine strength i i feel like i'm bottoming out here then i want to lay my hands on you and i want to give to you what i have so then let me reword it i want to give to you what he has and this morning you'll just use me but that you can come to a place of strength because one touch you're never the same you're never the same let me say it like this after he has touched you and done a miracle for you you have lost your place we can ever go back to that place why because a testimony is a test that you were successful in you can never be tested again on the previous thing that he tested you on because it should be dead so if I get tested with one thing I've died to it I can never access that again oh okay (laughs) invite me again I'll come I'm family I want to encourage you this morning you are so beautiful and I want to get you to a place of strength because you are called to the front line I brag about you all the time say you got the front line church you have to I tell all the guys that come follow me from Johannesburg uh, because many guys do I say no go there it's a good church we were here when it started and we and I'm seeing this exploding oh I can tell you many things where you, this church is going but I want to encourage you by laying on of hands the Bible says Paul says in Romans 1.11 I, I eagerly long to give you a spiritual gift so that you might be established and as a prophet and as a father figure of this house I want to give you strength this morning and say no be strengthened in the Lord and in the power of his might Ephesians 16 Amen so if you are there this morning you say Pastor Gabriel I, I, I am at a place where I need strength from the Lord then let me pray for you let me lay hands on you if that's you won't you come please let's trust the Lord let's pray can I ask the worship team to come just string a bit for me on that guitar please just get the atmosphere up you guys will just need to make a little bit of space for us please thank you Jesus just pick up a little bit the sound for me Guys, you'll just need to give us space. One step forward. Can I ask the first row? One step forward on the line. The second row back, please. Thank you. Lift your hands, please. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you. Lord, as we pray for these people now. Lord, I pray that you'll give strength into their bodies. I pray for these souls. I pray for these minds. I pray for, for physical strength to come. I pray that you'll infuse them from this moment in Jesus Christ's name we pray in Jesus Christ's name Amen and Amen possibly when you start that side I'm going to start you in the middle will you guys just follow will you I'll start if possible Father I thank you for strength to come in 
Jesus Christ's name. Touch them, Father. Oh, Borobokoro, just give me a bit of string there on that guitar, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. place I tell you daughter I'm not 
yet done. And the things that you've prayed for, and the things that you've asked me for, know that in this day, even the lonely times, when I see you sitting on your bed, feeling all alone, I hear the Lord say, I must say to you, you were never alone. There were never a time. There were never a moment. But see now how I bring great deliverance to you. See now how I bring great fruit to you. See now how I bring you to a place of overflow. If I tell you the truth, I see six months ahead of you of undefined never defined before in your life six months of acceleration is upon your life for these moments that you were alone you were never alone and the people that you've been asking me about I tell you the truth I will go to them and I'll help them because of you you are not alone and you will never be in Jesus Christ we thank you Father we thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus.
ask that the precious family, if they, if they, I'm just going to pray here still, that precious family I just prayed for now. I just want to pray for them again, please. Something with the baby. If she's calm, when she's calm, on her time, on her time, really, on her time. Business, son. We need new business. Father, I lease it to him. In Jesus' name. trusting the Lord for all of those things is coming to pass the struggle the war the fight is over it's done it is finished it is done it is finished and that what you've trusted me for I will do I will do know that in this day tears, the crying, the pain, it's over.
it's been a season a season of crying out it's been a season you said Lord when how I see you searching high and low I see you searching to and fro I see you scanning listening being hungry I see you like almost crazy in a sense because you said God when will this be son daughter this has not been in vain it's not been in vain for your day has come if I tell you the truth I tell you the truth you've come to the right season now and I say to you I say to you as my son stands in front of you in this day I've brought you to this place to tell you that you are connected and you are looking for the right things but in this morning I release to you a new season for the season that was has come to an end the price is fully paid. The bucket has been fully overflowing. And the tears you've prayed, cried out in desperation has been spiritual. For I will write new a new story in this chapter that you're going into now. And I give you the release. I give you the access I give you the key now access the season if I may there's people here you desire the gift of prophecy desire the gift of prophecy I carry that gift if you want it come and get it it's as easy as that gift of prophecy you want to prophesy I have the ability the gift very specific gift of prophecy I bless you Jesus Christ If you want the gift of prophecy, all of you can prophesy. By the way, I'm just kidding. all of you just open. All, all of you can prophesy. But I want to give you that gift. Is that okay? Won't you lift your hands, Father? I thank you with the laying on of hands that in the impartation of the gift can take place. Father I pray in the name of Jesus Christ Romans 1 verses 11 the Bible says Lord that by the by a gift your people will be established and I pray this morning that it will be an easy 
access into a new gift in Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, as I lay hands, it will be done. Lord, by your spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. The impartation this morning. In Jesus' name. Touch. Give them the gift. The gift of prophecy. Stand a bit closer. Thank you, Jesus. The gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. The gift. The gift. The gift. The gift. The gift of prophecy in Jesus' name. The gift of prophecy in Jesus' name. The gift of prophecy in Jesus Christ. The gift. The gift. Guys, okay?
front line. Can I ask you to stand? Please. Almost done. Can you stand and just lift your hands to the Lord? I'm going to pray for all of you now. Father, I pray right now in this atmosphere, Father, for the whole of Frontline, I pray for every single person here. I want you, as you stand with your arms raised to Him, and Father, I pray at this moment, I announce that the desert places has become fruitful places. And the fruitful places will turn into a forest. If I see a release coming. Father, for up to now it's been like a window being opened. But I see a door opening. And Father, I speak to these people that a door will open up. And Father, I thank you. That even in this day, that a new day has come. And Father, I thank you that even though you've started an awesome work in this place. Father, I pray that for all of these people, I announce, Lord, once again, that there is a door that is open for you. And you will see abundance flowing out of this. For I have found you pleasing in my sight. I have found your worship pleasing unto my sight. And I have found your worship pleasing unto me. The works of your hands I have measured. I have looked upon it. And I have found it approved in my sight. If I say to you that which you have started will be an architect plan for that what is to come for there shall be an inflow still from the north and the south and the east and the west be not discouraged neither be afraid for I say to you that I am the one that walks in your midst I am the one that strengthens you by night I am the one that walks in front of you by day and I am the one that says to you over this house I have found you while pleasing in my sight I find your worship and your praise your word and your heart I judge it clean and I judge it just and so I say to you fear not for I am with you fear not for great and mighty things you will do and you will be known as a people that breaks every rank you will know as a people that will break forth the religious systems that people have placed upon others you will break off systems and you will bring people to health and wealth and you will be known as a people highly favored by God and miracles signs and wonders will be easy it will flow as a natural a natural flow out of the fountain 
for you've put your affections upon me. Now know that in this day, know that from this day, you will see even a greater acceleration for you've welcomed the prophets and you've welcomed my people. And you have set upon your heart, Lord, it is you that I want and it's you that I seek. And so I say to you, all of you, I open up a door and that what I've opened up, no man can shut, no man can close. And Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I proclaim with your mouth that a day of wonder, a day of supernatural supply has come upon these beautiful people and I thank you God the most beautiful words we can hear from heaven is approval and father I thank you that you approve of the work in this place we bless you father in the name of Jesus Christ won't you there you stand just lift your hands for me again father I want to pray now for every person here to get a divine hunger and thirst for more may they never be satisfied with the status quo may they never be dissatisfied with one or two or three miracles but may they be a people that are so desperate for more father that as a deer panteth after streams of living water so their soul will long after you O God I pray that in the morning it is you that they'll seek in the midday it's you that they'll want in the evening it's your presence that they'll long for father I pray father that you'll send many sons and daughters to this place and father that as they catch the heart of your leader as they catch the heart of your pastor in this place father that I pray Lord I see even the fivefold being released in this house and father I thank you that this is just a warm-up session for where they're going Father, I thank you. Lord, I put my stamp here and I leave my reward here. As you've said, Lord, wherever we are welcomed, Matthew 10, 41, so we can leave our rewards. And so, Father, I leave it here. And Father, I give my peace to this place. And I thank you, Father, that the greater banner of this house, for I see a banner of victory being risen in the spirit over this house. And I hear the Lord proclaiming over you as a people I've established you as a people of victory I've established you as a voice of hope I've established you as a voice of light you will have nothing to fear for in this in this greater Johannesburg and even in this nation you'll be a voice of victory and people will say victory belongs to us and people will say we have found when we go to this place we live in victory and so I say to you frontline I've brought you to a place to know me, to seek me. And every time you will have the victory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There we stand. Won't you just pray for me in the Spirit just for like 30 seconds. Just pray in the Spirit. I'm almost going to bring it to a close. Just pray in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus.
Can I ask if I can please pray for the leadership again? I want to pray for all of the leaders again. Just the elders, if you can come. Can I ask the church, won't you stretch out your hands to them as they come? I just want to lay my hands on you. I want to strengthen you again. I want to undergird you. Empower you. Oh, church, let's just keep on. Won't you, David? Just stretch your hand and keep on praying. Father, I pray for strength. 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 Do not be concerned for the one in your house. Do not be concerned. Do not be concerned. Thank you, Jesus. pastors come on church stretch your hands out don't you pray in the spirit with me my job as a, as a prophet is to undergo and to strengthen so won't you just pray pray in the spirit for me please thank you
just lift your hands. I'm going to leave you with a blessing. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord of all, I thank you for every person that this year, that as they leave and walk out, that they will see your signs, your wonders, your miracles following them during this week. I see godly surprises and I see instant changes you will go to bed one way and stand up a whole different way there's been things that you've been praying about that I'll see a great deliverance coming for you to be one way the one moment the next moment it will all shift and I will do it suddenly for you for father I bless this people your people in the name of Jesus Christ pray with me this prayer say Heavenly Father I thank you that I can expect your surprises I can expect miracles signs wonders thank you Father that you are with me thank you Father that as I leave and go into this week as I walk into my days, I can expect your wonders. Lord, I am the one or you love. I am the one you love. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that above my life is the banner of victory. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give him some praise.